0: For player profiles, in-depth features and exclusive interviews, visit sfhandbook.com to learn more about the best young football players in the world. Hello, welcome back to the Scouted Football Podcast. Um, It's transfer season. Today we'll be discussing four players from Argentina, a few with uh, some transfer subplots to them. Um, Four under-23s who, over the past uh, 12 months, have really demonstrated their potential, their top-line ability, and our names many of you may be unfamiliar with, but will need to be quite soon. The headline for this episode is, of course, uh, Julian Alvarez. Uh, He's heading over from from River Plate to Manchester City, and it has the feel of a potentially big transfer, especially after the year he's had in in Argentina. Uh, There are also three other players who we'll get on to, as well as discussing the route out of South America, including to MLS in the United States, which has been a fairly common step to take in recent seasons. Um, Firstly, though, I'm delighted to welcome Peter Coates, uh, editor of Galazzo Argentino, uh, to the Scouted podcast. Um, Peter, how are things?
1: Yeah, good. Thanks, Joe. Uh, thanks very much for having me on, and uh, always a pleasure to be talking about more young players coming out of Argentina.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I touched on it there, and with Galazzo Argentino, you know, what is it that you do there? Obviously, you're you're the editor of that site, but what's the what's the role?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it started off really. It's just um, a hobby when i i had moved here, um, and and just started obviously watching a lot of football and writing about what I was watching, really, and then that kind of led into other stuff within football. So that ended up being writing for some newspapers about stories usually surrounding Argentina. Um, and then that in turn led to work doing some scouting work for clubs um, who, were, who were looking for players in Argentina and South America. Um, and then ultimately over the last couple of years doing quite a lot of commentary work um, for the Argentine TV uh, in the United States. And Also, for the Copa Libertadores and Copa Sudamericana, so it's kind of been all off the back of starting Olazo um, and the Twitter and everything, and then and from there it's really just uh blossomed into this uh, much, uh, much bigger football league uh, at work than I, than I would have imagined when I started it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds all encompassing, really. Um, you know, lots of you know lots of various different endeavors there um but obviously all sort of based around argentinian football um and you know anybody who's vaguely familiar with with argentine football will know that you know vast vast swathes of of talented players who who we're more familiar with over in europe will obviously have, have started out there and, and and begun their careers there you know do you have from your time doing work with golasso um you know what do you have any favorite tales you know ones where you've maybe watched elite players before they've made their moves abroad or to Europe and sort of you've pinpointed that as the the the, the time that you thought, wow, this, there's a real player here and I'm, I'm privileged to be watching them sort of in, in in their home country.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the real joy of watching South American football, not just in Argentina, is, is that really um, being able to see players before they make that move. And, and I think over the last few years, I mean, we'll talk about... As you mentioned, that Julian Alvarez, I think, is, is probably definitely in that in that bracket. Um, but the one previous would probably be Lautaro Martinez, who anyone who was in Argentina was aware of him, even before he'd made his Racing uh, Club senior debut, was a guy who had a lot of hype around him. So he was one of those players that, when you'd seen him playing for the youth teams, when you'd seen him playing for the Argentine national team youth sides, you kind of immediately thought, this guy looks a little bit special. But over the course of time that I've been here, there's been a lot of players that you'd probably put into that bracket of they look very, very good at a young age. They come into the senior football and immediately look good. And you think this guy's going to go on and make a big name for himself in Europe and potentially be a key figure for the Argentine national team going forward. So for every Lautaro Martinez, there's been 10 other players um, like Emmanuel Mamana who is now back at River Plate in this transfer window, but early in my days in Argentina, looked as though he was going to be the cornerstone of the Argentine defence for years to come. Obviously, injury more than anything has, has been a problem for his career. Um, the same probably could be said for someone like Matias Cranevita when he came into the River Plate team, looked a tremendous prospect in that holding midfield role, and, and has never really gone on to be anywhere near the player that most in Argentina expected. So. Um, that's always been something which I've hugely enjoyed is, is seeing those type of players when they first come into senior football. Um, and sometimes there's the difference in terms of those that take off and those that, that plateau to some extent
0: yeah i suppose that is quite an exciting element to it because i mean as you mentioned there mamana and and Kranavita, they're two names from sort of early days of playing football manager you know they are they they, they were they were you know the, the top build players coming out of out of south america but obviously you know careers can take very different paths and latano martinez you know talking about his his racing days i mean i the first time that i came across him was was um just before the the under 20 world cup in 2017 and um you know he was he was very good at that and and that was kind of where i thought oh maybe i should start paying a little bit more attention to argentine football if everybody's sort of been um everybody's been aware of him for for a little while beforehand but um onto onto the players uh, that we're going to discuss today and and you're obviously talking about alvarez there um you know he's he's the, the the player who's I mean, by the time that people are listening to this, he'll probably have been announced, won't he? Um, but uh, looks to be heavily linked, or will be signing for for Manchester City, um, and just to, sort of doing a little bit of reading up on his background and stuff. You know, he, he's not he in in a similar way to Martinez. You know, he's somebody who has been on you know plenty of European clubs' radars for for quite some time. Um, you know, uh, had trials with with Real Madrid prior to to joining River Plate um i just wanted to get from your perspective you know what type of attacker is he you know because i see that he can play out wide you know he's he's i wouldn't say he's overly diminutive but you know is you know he he's not exactly you know he's not a 6 foot 6 center forward sort of thing if if someone hasn't heard of him before and, and kind of was wondering what what he's like in terms of his profile yeah exactly he's
1: not particularly big so he's not not an overly physical player and yet has has been able to illustrate very well that he can play Almost up front on his own in the, in the River Plate system. Now, now obviously, as you say, um, there's a lot of versatility within that role, um, which is I think what will probably suit him in many ways to to Manchester City because he's been more than comfortable dropping off deep to get on the ball. He's got good passing, so when players run beyond him, he can then suddenly become the man that creates those chances. He can drift into those wide areas. He can beat a man. He's good with the ball at his feet. So. He's kind of played all of those roles for River Plate as he's, as he's progressed. I don't think anyone really could have quite anticipated the last year or so that he's had, because mm-hmm. he really has just taken off. Um, you know, you look back to when he made his debut, um, Marcelo Gallardo threw him on as a late sub in, in the biggest game in River Plate history against Boca Juniors in the, in the Copa Libertadores final, um, which I think tells you something about what the club thought of him um because as I say there's no bigger game in the entire history of the club um and you can look at it as well it was a substitute of appearance but it's not the kind of game that you give someone some minutes for the experience <laughs> this is something which until that final whistle goes is, is is blood and guts so that gives an indication of just how highly he was thought of and then ever since then Marcelo Cajado was kind of quite, a, quite cautious in, in how he brought him in. So we did see him playing in a number of different positions. Um, and maybe it took him a bit longer than some people expected to become a key figure for River. And, and I think in some sense, that's what left you guessing, well, what is his best position? Because you used to see him come on a lot as a substitute or start in games where River were resting players. And as a result, he was sometimes being asked to play out wide a little bit or dropping off another striker. And so it got to the point when he hadn't quite cemented himself into that first team. You were asking yourself that question, well, going forward, if he's going to have a a, a really good future at River, where does he cement himself into the team as the recognised starter? And that's why I think the last year or so has been sensational because not only has he done that, but he's just taken it to a level that we don't really see very often, certainly from a young player in Argentina, because he's been head and shoulders above anyone else. And you look at... River winning the league last season for the first time under Marcelo Gachano, despite all the trophies that he's won as a manager of the first league title in 2021. And Julian Alvarez was just otherworldly and a guy that you were looking at and thinking he has to go to Europe as soon as possible because he's just quite evidently above the level that he's playing at. I mean, 18 goals um, in 21 games, more or less. Um, Assists on top of that as well. Um, goals in the Copa Libertadores before that, um, and all types of goals as well. And as I say, he he then started playing almost as a a lone striker, but drifting to to help out the team. He presses from the front, works really, really hard, that Marcelo Gajardo demands that. um, And he's just rounded his game off so nicely to to really look like the, the kind of polished footballer That you'd want to be moving from a South American club to one of the European giants that Manchester City certainly have become, even if people will will scoff at the notion of them being considered giants historically. But certainly now you'd you'd put them at the very top table of European football and and Alvarez looks like the type of talent that should be going to a club like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned at the beginning there, sort of how his his versatility will lend quite quite handily to to joining a club like Manchester City. I mean, we've heard countless times Pep Guardiola saying, you know, I don't need to sign a centre forward, I don't need to play with a striker, that sort of thing. But obviously, Alvarez has has been playing, as as you mentioned, at times as sort of a lone centre forward, as the player who's who's finishing that final action. I mean. I think just this season or this past season alone, the, you know, there's been countless goals where he's scored, where he's been the player getting on the end of of, of of a chance coming across from the left or the right and just, just tapping in, opening, opening the instep of his foot and just guiding it past the goalkeeper. Um, you know, I think for a team who creates chances in abundance like Manchester City, that's, you know, that, that's a match made in heaven, really, isn't it? Um, and, I mean, it's I mean, the the versatility aspect as well. It, it, the fact that he's he's going to be able to drift out wide, you know, in, in sort of the the way that Manchester City build up, where they have, you know, their, their three defenders, Rodri as a holding midfield. And, you know, you've got five across sort of the, the, in in the five across the the width of the pitch spread evenly, um, you know that he he can interchange with maybe one of the wide players who will then go into a central position. You know, there's there's lots of possibilities for how he could be how he could be utilized. And I mean, you touched on the um the statistics behind his his twenty twenty one season with with River, um, you know, eighteen goals, twenty one games, more or less, as you mentioned. Um, averaging a goal every 88 minutes which is just uh, you know ridiculous for 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 anybody in any league because um you know that's that's a tremendous undertaking um but across all competitions you know as you as you mentioned the with the libertadores as well 24 goals in 46 games across all comps and as well you know he was into double figures for assists i think he got 6 in the league and and, and a handful in, in other competitions. So, you know, it's it's showing that he is he, he can be a link player as well. Um he's not simply just a finisher. And again that comes back to 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 the versatility aspect. And um for anybody who is looking for, for what what Alvarez is capable of, um I would recommend from somebody who had not watched an awful lot of him to go and watch his brace in the Super Classico against Boca Juniors from earlier in 2020 20, in 2021. Um, You know, and I think that was it—the first goal in that game, Peter, which was just an absolutely rasping effort from long range. And you think Mm. this is the same guy who's just a complete fox in the six-yard box, but he's able to to turn and hit one like that.
1: Yeah, and I think that is one of the aspects which he certainly developed and proved on. Um, But you are now looking, as I said before, as someone who is a lot more complete because he is now scoring all types of goals. Because you mentioned that goal, you mean you can argue maybe Rossi the Boccagogi but could have done better with that Mm. long-range effort but he does have that shooting from distance ability he scores kind of he's a very good finisher one-on-one he finds spaces in the penalty area um he's quite predatory now as well I think when you look back to some of his other goals this season he scored four for example against Patronato in the league um and at least two of them, he's just very alert to goalkeeper spilling shots that are coming in from the edge of the box. And he's the first on the scene there uh, to apply the finishing touch. Um, he scored a few with his head, even though he said he's not a very big guy, but he just has that good movement around the penalty area. Um, so there is a, a variety to his goals that he's scoring. He can score off both feet as well. So anywhere around the penalty box, on the edge of the penalty box, he, he's, he's shown himself to be a real danger. For River, And I think you make a, a good point as well about the, the similarities as well between how River often look to attack teams and Manchester City do in terms of the, the full-backs getting round the outside to provide the width. A lot of the crosses that come into the box are actually low along the ground and it, it's all based around the movement really then of those players that getting into the six-yard box, into the penalty area. And it's where Alvarez has really thrived because he, he, he has that sort of Aguero S movement at times of a sort of, you know, attacking the near post, just getting that yard in front of his marker to be able to apply that first time finish or just peeling off to the back post and just finding himself suddenly in space, even though defenders are immediately aware of, of if he should be the player they're marking, and yet he still finds to still manages to find the space. So um, there's those definite similarities there that have grown over time with some of the finishing that we've seen Aguero do for years at Manchester City, even though I'd be hesitant to kind of say. He's, he's kind of just an immediate replacement for Sergio Aguero. Mm. Um, but yeah, he, he started scoring all, all manner of goals. And, and I think it, it's just a player that it's just so exciting with, with how he can he can link play, but also score goals. He's also now heavily involved in the national team. I think if he continues his form going into this year with River, he'll obviously be there until at least June. Who knows if he'll be allowed to remain there until the end of the year. Um You'd expect him, if that's the case, to be in Lionel Scaloni's squad for the World Cup. Um, And then, you know, when you're at his age and you're, you're already in the national team and already around those players that Argentina boast up front, then I think, again, it just shows you the regard that he's held in in Argentina and the kind of talent he is
0: i mean you're mentioning there sergio aguero and, and it's a, it's an obvious link to make given that it's manchester city it's it's a it's a, a you know a, a small but punchy center forward um of the same nationality sort of making that move at a similar age to to aguero um you know in terms of comparing the two I mean, while there are similarities in, in terms of the movement inside the penalty area, w- would you say that there's, I mean, it, it would be incredibly reductive to say that, yes, he's the direct replacement because it's simply not the case. You know, Manchester City have evolved without Aguero in the past few seasons um, when he's, you know, his, his influences maybe waned a little bit over those past 18 months. Um, but are, are there similarities to that that you can see from sort of uh, you know aguero's last few well aguero's beginning of his career when he was still in argentina compared to to alvarez is 2021 with river yeah
1: certainly i mean that's i think arguably you'd make that that point that alvarez is arguably at least the most exciting player since aguero and and i even put lautaro martinez who i mentioned before in in that bracket mm-hmm. um Purely because I I think the level that Alvarez got to on a consistent basis over 2021 probably does put him above where we saw Lautaro performing for Racing. I mean, he he was plucked away from Racing pretty quickly by Inter Milan. Um, So maybe it was just the fact that we didn't quite see that consistent level as as we've seen with Alvarez. But that's where we, we are putting him in that kind of bracket. The, the player that Aguero was when he burst onto the scene as a, as a teenager, Independiente, um, was something which was hugely exciting—a a guy that was so good at such a young age that people were watching him thinking he could go on and be the best player in the world. Now, obviously, his old friend from the from the youth sides, Lionel Messi, <laughs> without question takes that honor. But Aguero himself went on and had a very, very, very good career, which which probably is a little to some extent, um, undervalued in Argentina just because of the fact that maybe he didn't ever quite reach those levels with the national team and, you know, barring the Copa America last year, that it wasn't the, the era of, of dominance that I think many hope for for Argentina. However, um, Alvarez certainly you'd put in the same bracket in terms of his talent um, and there's certain similarities that have developed over the last year or so in terms of their, their instincts in the penalty area. Um, so I, I think it is one for, for Manchester City fans to be very excited about, even if they do need to approach it with a little bit of patience, because of course it's a, it's a young player coming from from South America. Um, and as we know, he's going to be staying at River Plate for a little while longer. Um, and then it will be a case of how he adapts to the English game, how he adapts to a new coach, a new team. Um, but certainly when you when you speak to, to uh, coaches at River um, who have, have worked with him from a very young age. They don't seem to have any any uh, doubts that he'll, he'll adapt. I mean, I remember speaking to some of his co- some of his coaches at River um, over the last few months um, and talking about some of the things that have come up in in the press uh, when they talked about. I think you mentioned before when trials at Boca Juniors. I think he also had a trial at Argentinos Juniors, um, and in the end ended up going back to his hometown in Cordoba, and there'd been talk about him not really settling, um, in Buenos Aires. But when I, when I spoke to coaches at River about that, um, they said that there was never any issue at all. When he came to Buenos Aires with River, immediately settled in to their, to their youth teams, um, quickly made friends with other members of the the Riverside that are still with River now, like, uh, Benjamin Rolheiser, um, and so for them, it was—it's never been a, a problem or of the thinking that he won't settle once he moves on to another team. So, just felt like I should put that one out there, just in case people were slightly concerned about a young South American player moving to England.
0: No, I think it's—it's it's a concern which which you know people might rightly have. Um, it's you know, the, the, as you mentioned with Mamana and uh previously, you know, it's—it's it, it's, there's no guarantee, is there, that, that that players coming over and making such a um such a hugely consequential change not only to the professional life but the personal life as well yeah as as you say he might i mean he won't be coming over immediately he'll be staying with with river for a little while um at least until the end of the 2021 22 season um in europe that is um but yeah should be um should be an exciting one i'm definitely looking forward to seeing him sort of week in week out uh in in the premier league when when the time comes um to the next player on on our list um, and it's we, we, we're going to go from from an attacker straight to a defender, um, and it's Cesar Ibanez um, who plays for Huracan. Uh, he's left back, 22 years old, um, and he was you know a player that whilst I was sort of pouring through the, the data on on Liga Profesional um, from this season, he was somebody who who repeatedly stood out, um, and I was wondering whether it was perhaps a, a symptom of how Huracan play that you know Ibanez's his, his defensive numbers were really um really pronounced um because i was thinking well okay well you know it it is easier to post good defensive numbers in a league which is more transitional than the majority of europe's top divisions um because naturally the ball is you know to and fro from uh between the two teams more often um but in, he's a very very big tackler um in terms of the the volume that he's you know that he that he is tackling and also the success rate so that was to me uh you know that was something which you know over the course of i think it's something like fifteen or twenty games that he played um that if he was able he was he was able to maintain that so that was something which which definitely stood out and and peter i wanted to get get your 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 sort of expertise on on Ibanez because you know besides looking up a few clips on on instat then there wasn't uh, there wasn't a great deal that I knew about him before uh, before we decided to discuss him yeah, it's an interesting one I mean I think you hit on something
1: there in terms of the team that he's playing for as, as well as the, the nature of the argentine league and, and how the game is played I think for a team like Uracan who who have been struggling um haven't been particularly impressive, I think it's probably um in part down to the fact that they are doing a lot of defending. Um, and Ibanez is a a very tenacious kind of fullback who gets up and down the pitch um, a lot of energy um, I think as a result is is probably why he ends up making a a lot of tackles Um, but certainly at 22 years of age is one of interest I think when we're talking about ceilings and we've just gone from Julian Alvarez who we're talking about as potentially having the highest ceiling that you could put on a young player in South America I think with Ibanez, we're, we're more likely looking at the kind of player that could potentially either get a move within Argentina to one of the, the bigger clubs, um, or, as you mentioned right at the start, Joe, in terms of one of the newer routes out of Argentina to, um, to Major League Soccer. Um, but that's the kind of player we're, we're probably talking about with Cesare Ibanez. Um, and it will be interesting this season just to see if he can maintain those kind of numbers, whether he can add a little bit more maybe going forward um, that will, of course, depend not just on him, but on, on Huracan as a team. Um, but yeah, certainly someone who could be interesting to keep an eye on going into this new season.
0: I suppose that's a good opportunity to discuss the, the 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 exit route um to to major league soccer then because I mean we've seen countless players do it from from south america not just argentina over recent seasons i know a couple it must have been quite a while ago now that that we were discussing brenner's move to i think it was minnesota united um from from um, sao paulo uh in brazil and you know you you do see these players make make the move to to m l s uh, and we'll get on to another player who who we've got in this list um shortly who who is going to be making that move as well um i mean w- what is it about m l s that makes it sort of a a good testing ground well, i think more than anything now the what it is 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 just a financial
1: um mm-hmm. disparity i mean what we're looking at in Argentina now is especially post pandemic um Clubs that are really, really struggling for money. And that, and that goes all the way up to some of the biggest clubs in Argentina. So they're having to sell players and they're having to sell some of their best young players um, really just to anyone who would be willing to pay a decent amount of money, even if it's under the, the real valuation of the player. Um, and from a player's perspective, equally, they're looking at situations at a lot of these clubs where They're either not getting paid or they're behind on their getting paid. They're getting paid in Argentine peso, a currency which isn't particularly good and and seems to be worsening, certainly against the dollar. So it's an opportunity for a lot of these young players to really change their lives and and take these, these moves which may not excite people looking in from the outside. I know I get a lot of comments when players move from Argentina to MLS and people reply saying, oh, why is he making that move? It's such a waste of his career. Um, he should be going to Europe. And always kind of think, well, it's, it's not really that simple and certainly not as easy for us to sit here on the sidelines and tell these young players who quite often come from very, very poor backgrounds um, that it's the wrong move of their career because he, here they are getting offered a very good contract from an up-and-coming league. Um, with the security that goes with that, You know, you're not going to get any of those problems in, in MLS in terms of oh they haven't been paid for six months, um you know, security issues just in terms of their living arrangements and, and what have you. So it has become increasingly attractive for young players. Um and I think the, the big question mark over recent years is if they can start more often than not still selling those players to Europe and it giving them an opportunity to say, look, you can even come and play in Major League Soccer for one, two seasons and still get your move to Europe, then it would become even more desirable to young players in Argentina. And and I think that's where we are heading, um, which is making it all the more difficult for Argentine clubs, because we we ordinarily in the past had that traditional route of European clubs swooping in for the the big, big talents in Argentina. And I think now we have a model where we still have those European scouts looking for those type of Julian Alvarez talents in Argentina, but we also have... A huge swathe of MLS scouts operating in South America, not just looking to compete with Europe for those players, but also looking for players that maybe aren't quite at that level, maybe someone like César Ibanez, and saying, well, he's not someone who's necessarily going to go and play in Europe, but he'd be a very good fullback um, for our league, so he could come in and not be on one of their big, big contracts. He's not going to go and take up one of the designated player slots at any club, but can go in there and do a very good job for an MLS club, and then take into account they're also going to be looking at players who maybe have got a little bit older, um, but are still performing at a very high level in Argentina or South America, no longer really maybe on on the radar for European clubs, but can go there at 25, 26 years of age and hit the ground running and be a big star in MLS. Someone like Gustavo Bo, for example, who didn't make that move to Europe, was scoring goals for fun, for racing, and then made that move. Um, to MLS and, and is continued scoring goals um with New England Revolution. So it's it's just opened up a lot more players that are maybe able to get those moves overseas and, and I think it's only going to be keep increasing over the coming seasons.
0: Yeah, there were a lot of a lot of conditional factors to take on board really there. Um uh, and especially sort of the, the personal, you know, living arrangements, that sort of thing. Um they will always, you know, um they'll always have an impact on, on a player's decision on whether they're gonna Go go somewhere else. Um, to our third player. Uh, we're going to stay with defenders. Um, and it's an it's an interesting one. I, I think we we've picked a good list here in terms of the the variety, in terms of position, and, and also the different um professional situations. And it's Nazareno Colombo, who is another 22 year old. Uh, but he's 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 owned by Estudiantes, uh, center half, but spent the last couple of months of of the 2021 season on on loan with Defensa y Justicia. Um, and it was quite, I mean, having a look at sort of his record with, with Defensa y Justicia, um, it was quite impressive. You know, they, they were defeated just once in their last 15 league games uh, in which Colombo played every single minute. Um, he uh, helped them to six clean sheets, including uh, a nil-nil with Boca Juniors on, on his first start in that loan deal. Um. And from just watching um from watching a few clips of his it seems as though he reads the game quite well um intercepts quite well um you know doesn't doesn't mess about with it too much you know he's very um very big on his clearances uh, which I suppose is very effective if you if if you're a lot more focused on your on your defensive fundamentals your traditional style um uh, and i mean in, in sort of the the crib sheet i've asked sort of would you say he's a cat and you know standoffish silky in possession or a dog in terms of being a front foot aggressive uh central defender when it comes to his overall style i from from the the few clips that i've seen i've kind of got a, an idea of what you might say, but I was wondering whether whether you uh, whether you had a, had a different view of things yeah i mean i think I would have said immediately that you
1: very much front foot, aggressive kind of centre-back um, when he was coming through with Estudiantes. Um, and, and there is definitely still that element to his game. I think that's still his, his strength in, in terms of his physicality. Um, however, I think Defensive Justicia are an interesting club and they tend to buy or do their business, whether it's on loan or whether it's permanent deals, very astutely. Um, and then bringing in La Serena Colombo last season, um, was another great bit of business. As you said, he, he, he came straight in, immediately slotted into the first team and did very well. Um, and I think one of the things that perhaps he's been able to show a little bit more during that time is the fact that he's he's actually not bad in, in possession as well. Mm. Because Defence Justicia are a team that look to play out from the back very much so, um, sometimes to their detriment, because... They stick to that principle, um, even under real pressure. And teams do try and put them under pressure, put pressure on the goalkeeper, uh, put pressure on the centre-backs when they're trying to play out from the back. Um, So there isn't really much room um, for someone who's hopeless at doing that. So Colombo's had to um, adjust to that side of the game. Sebastián Beccasese um, is the manager um, who was the assistant of Jorge Sampaoli for, for a long period of time, very much... A coach in in the mould of San Paulo and and of course going further back to Bielsa that lineage there, um, so that gives you an indication of, of kind of what he would expect from his centre backs um, and and Nazareno Colombo has, has has done that I mean Defensorius this year had a terrific end to 2021 and as I say they're a very interesting club because the start of the year um, when Hernan Crespo was manager they won the Copa Sudamericana the, their first major trophy. Um, And it was by no means really the tip of the iceberg because they've been able to, although they didn't win any further trophies in the rest of the year, they were still able to continue to be very, very competitive in Argentina. They were playing in the Copa Libertadores at the same time at the start of the year, which is maybe why their league form was a little bit indifferent, having to balance between the two. And it was really during the worst period of the pandemic, they were losing players left, right and centre all the time to positive COVID cases. But the second half of 2021, when they really had that settled eleven, Becca says he had a little bit more time in this, which is his third spell as manager of the club, and they began to click. They began to figure out their team, their, the, the structure of the team, how they were going to play, and they really did become formidable. Ended up finishing, I think, second in the league. Um, so it just goes to show the kind of run they went on towards the end of the season. And although it's maybe. The, The likes of Walter Ball that that really caught the eye, the the more attacking players. Huge credit has to go to the defence as well. Nazareno Colombo, Adonis Frias, um, one of their homegrown players that plays alongside him as well, um, did a huge or a great job in in playing their role in in how well Defence Justicia finished the year. So I think he is an interesting player. I think Defence Justicia have done a deal with Estudiantes to keep him at the club. this season as well, which I think is the best place for him. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, at 22 years of age, it will be interesting to see just how much more he can develop uh, under a very good coach like Becca Cersei.
0: Yeah, I mean that's 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 news to me with the him being able to to stay at at defensive Justicia. and and I mean as well I think it's kind of just a lesson that you should, based on a few I mean less than one games watching you shouldn't really put somebody in a in a in a box in terms of their style Um bit of a lesson for myself there but yeah I mean it's it's good to hear that he's obviously developed the way that he's he's been able to play or the way that he's um you know his his style while he's been out on loan. Um, and obviously for any young player, you know, the best thing they can get is, is regular minutes, which, are, you know, whatever level that may be um, to continue developing and continue testing themselves. So at, at a team who are doing as well as as defensive justice are, um, then, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's a positive thing. Uh, and and Colombo is definitely a player who I think um, I'll, I mean, I, I really had no, no knowledge of, but now I'll, I'll keep, uh, keep a closer eye on. Um, onto our final player. And list, um, and it's somebody who other people in Europe m- might be more familiar with, given the fact that he's he's, very, he's quite young. Uh, he's, he's an attacking player, and attacking players are always always seem to be more attractive to to sort of the the transfer gossip columns, which is um, quite topical given that uh, today when we're recording is is transfer deadline day. But um, it's Alan Velasco, who is a 19 year old winger, uh, stroke attacking midfielder, um, who plays for Independiente. Um, and, you know, r- played roughly around 2,000 league minutes in 2021, which was, you know, one of the highest tallies for for, for a teenager in Argentina's top flight. Um, and he's, he, when, when you think of sort of a, a flighty, small Argentine player um, with with all the hallmarks of your traditional South American player, um, Velasco does tend to tick a lot of those boxes. Um, you know, he's fouled a lot because of his speed and, and his directness, you know. Um, I think I've got down here. He attempts eight dribbles per ninety. Not all of them successful, but at nineteen to be showing that that level of self belief is obviously very encouraging uh, at a good level as well. Um, he's a creative player, um, as far as I've seen. You know, a good link player in, in the final third. Um, not so, not just a, a you know a direct threat on the counter attack. Um, even though that is perhaps where he is best, or at least the most striking and impactful. Um, and I think. I mean, as with any teenage player, you know, they're, they're going to be, you know, little nicks to his game, which could, could require improvement. I think from what I've seen, shot locations probably one of them, um, being that, you know, he doesn't take you know he, his shots are not taken on from optimal locations which is probably why his goals tally is 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 considerably less than the likes of somebody like alvarez who is getting a lot of his chances probably about 10 or 15 yards closer to the goal um but in terms of him being you know an, an effective player he's he's very striking he's he's somebody who um i think it would be interesting to see whether he would make a good transition to Europe. Um, but I'm sure, as you will as you'll mention, Peter, I think he's, he's somebody who'd definitely make a, a good switch uh, to, to Major League Soccer.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, when we're talking about big talents, again, coming out of Argentina, Alvarez took it to another level this season, but just before maybe he really hit that sweet spot in terms of his form, you'd probably make the argument that Velasco was right there with him in terms of um, the big talent at the time in Argentina. If you're going to put three, I think it would be Velasco Alvarez and, and Tiago Almada. Um, and I think it's telling, and going back to what we were talking about earlier with, with MLS, that Tiago Almada is is all but signed with Atlanta United. They're just waiting to confirm that, really. Um, and Alan Velasco, um, as we're talking about, looks as well, everything's signed for him to sign with FC Dallas. Um, so a sign of the times that we're talking about two of the big, big talents coming out of Argentina going to the US. Um, but Velasco, still, you you definitely put him in that bracket. I think it's a little bit of a disappointment for Independiente supporters, for supporters of Argentine football, um, that a talent like Velasco maybe is going to Major League Soccer and isn't making the direct jump to Europe. Because I think that's what he's shown, he's he's probably capable. Of. As you said, he's only 19 years of age. He, he's been playing in the Independiente side who have been very, very disjointed. I mean, I think there's a big point there to make about the difference between the situation Velasco's been having to develop in and Julian Alvarez. Alvarez really has been given the perfect platform in a sense of having a terrific coach in Marcelo Gachado, a settled river plate structure that he's able to to fit into, have time to develop into. And on the flip side of that, Alan Velasco has been an independiente side that since making his debut under Ariel Olan um, at 16, or um, he's, he's gone through maybe four coaches, independiente have changed styles. They've really it's been a bit of a mess on and off the pitch, off the pitch being the financial situation, which is leading to why he's moving for what is really a knockdown price to, to Major League Soccer, but on the pitch MS mess as well. Um, and it hasn't been easy for, for someone of his age who should really still be finding his feet in the senior game and has it, instead been, at times, the guy that Independiente have looked to for inspiration. I mean, you're talking there as well, Joe, about some of his his shot locations and, and these type of things and maybe not scoring as many goals. But it, at times, has been a little bit desperate from Independiente because we've seen a team, even a team of their stature, giving the ball to this teenager and just hoping that he can conjure up some magic. I mean, he does have that in his locker. He's got terrific ability with the ball at his feet, a great dribble, as, as you mentioned, the number of dribbles that he attempts per game, even if they're not all successful. But it's because he does a lot of the time shoulder that creative burden for Independiente and he's constantly trying things. He's always trying to fashion chances for other people or, or create space for himself, even if he's some distance from goal to take on shots. And he has been really the, the one bright spark for Independiente in what's been otherwise pretty gloomy um, couple of years. So it's a big, big loss for them that he'll be leaving um, in this window and a massive boost um, for Major League Soccer to be taking um, a player of his profile.
0: You mentioned a knockdown price. I saw reports which were sort of around seven million dollars, so around five million pounds or something like that, um, five five and a half million euros. You know, it, I mean, to me, from coming from a, a perspective where I didn't really have a great deal of knowledge on the, the financial situation in, in Argentina, it, is is that is that a surprise or is that just a sign of the times?
1: It's a sign of the times at Independiente. I think if okay. he had been at Boca or River, I think they would have. Being able to drive that price up a bit more, even though you know they they too have their own financial concerns. I think Alvarez obviously going for much more than that, but he has pushed on a lot more over the last uh, season and is now in the Argentina setup. So there are other factors there to why Julian Alvarez is going for far more. But regardless, I think the independiente situation is, has dictated that they really are in a position. You know they, they've got huge numbers of debts with other teams from transfers that they haven't paid so until they do business with those with those debts or work out some sort of financing they're unable to bring players in so that just gives an the idea of how bad they are financially and why any amount of dollars coming immediately in um will go a long way to helping the club Regardless of that situation, I think supporters will still look at it and say, this is is a terrible deal that we're losing the best young player the club's created in many years um, for, as you said, around $7 million um, and maybe even less than that initially, because I think some of it's tied into um, some objectives. Um, Because although I don't think anyone expected him to go for his release clause, which was in excess of $20 million, I think they were still hoping it would be at least double figures. And I think had it been European clubs coming in for him, then maybe it would have been. The fact that those offers didn't really come or when they did, it was very much teams just trying to pounce on the fact that they knew Independiente were in financial problems has has led to them in the end having to just take the best of what's probably been a series of pretty bad offers. Um, but it's just a massive, massive coup for, for Dallas and the MLS because for... An amount of money which doesn't necessarily break the bank they're getting a player who is ready made to go into the starting level and make a disc and make a difference in mls but also um crucially if he can kick on and consistently perform in mls could potentially go on and get them a hefty profit if they were to sell him one or two years down the line to european football
0: yeah i think there's tremendous upside on velasco uh, especially for the fee that or the reported fee that, that Dallas are gonna are gonna land him for, um, and as well, it's well, maybe a potential interesting little tidbit is the fact that Dallas do share a sort of a strategic partnership with uh, with Bayern Munich. Uh, now, I'm not saying that this is it's a conveyor belt, and Velasco will be playing for Bayern at some point in the near future. But um, you know, we've seen the likes of Chris Richards go over from from Dallas. We've seen various other Dallas young players train at at Strasser, um with Bayern. So. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's by no means impossible that we might see him in Europe at, at maybe in the Bundesliga uh, in the future. But yeah, as you mentioned, you know, at 19, very big upside on, on him as a player, very exciting. Obviously, if you're independent, it's a bit of a kick in the teeth. Um, but I suppose you know, money makes the world go round, and and when when a, when a, a team from MLS come in with 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 five five or six million uh, pounds, euros, dollars, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's yeah it's going to be difficult to turn down when you when you when you are you're in, you're in arrears to quite a few other clubs as you, as you mentioned but um yeah this is uh, this has been uh, the, the, the Scouted football podcast and a, a a deep dive on on a few um, interesting players to say the least in um in, in argentina a few varied players some who will be uh you know making names for themselves in the states some who will be making a name for themselves uh in potentially the premier league if julian alvarez uh kicks on with manchester city um and and yeah i think um i think of the names that we've picked peter i think we'll be uh, we'll be hearing a bit more of them and and for those of you who are listening who hadn't really heard of them before or wanted to get to know a little bit more about them um, then hopefully they'll be on your radar for uh, for a little while longer. Uh, but all that's left to do now is to say thank you to to Peter. Thank you for for coming on and giving up your time. Um, where can people engage with your work? Find your work. Um, you know, t- chat to you about Argentine players. Yeah, just uh, go to
1: the Twitter at Golasso Argentina, um, and yeah, they'll you know, plenty of uh, talk about those young players, plenty of other young players, and and sort of anything that goes on in Argentina, really. Um, so yeah. Be sure to follow me there and, and leave a message and I'm sure
0: we can get chatting about <laughs> Argentine football any excuse perfect uh, well I'll be I'll make sure to put uh, the, the Galato Argentino at in the description for this episode if you want to head over and follow Peter on Twitter uh, but yeah this has been the scouted pod thank you very much for, for joining me on this one we'll be back in the next couple of weeks with further episodes um, and yeah I've been Joe Donoghue stay safe take care bye for now For player profiles, in-depth features and exclusive interviews, visit sfhandbook.com to learn more about the best young football players in the world.